You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. You are listening to episode number 99 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from Today I Found Out, and in today's episode, you're going to learn about smell and baby birds, specifically if it's actually bad for you to pick up baby birds when they have fallen to the ground. After that, there's going to be a brief word from our sponsor, NatureBox, and then there's going to be a bonus why article about why one bad apple can turn a whole batch bad, and then in the bonus facts section, there's going to be a lot more information about birds and their various smells. Let's get right into today's show. Myth. Handling a baby bird or bird egg will cause the parent birds to reject it. You'll often hear this myth stated that if you touch a baby bird, the parents will completely abandon it and it will die. In fact, most birds have a very poor sense of smell, so in most cases are unable to even notice human scent on baby birds. Even a skunk spray doesn't seem to bother many types of our avian friends. Not only that, but most types of birds aren't so quick to abandon their young when they sense danger. Some types will even do their best to defend their young when they are directly threatened, if they can. In fact, the very few known cases where parent birds sometimes temporarily abandon their nests from something handling their young comes from handling the eggs and the parents noticing by sight, not smell. When this happens, the parent birds usually won't care in the long term, other than to be a little more cautious than normal when ultimately returning to the nest. Indeed, in most cases, even if the nest is destroyed, you could create a new one and put all the nestlings back in it, and the parents wouldn't care that when they left their baby birds, they were in a different nest than when they came back, so long as you put the new nest where the old one was so they can find it. This myth was probably started by human parents who didn't want their kids handling baby birds, whether out of the nest or not, because of the potential for kids to hurt the birds, and for the potential of the birds' parents to attack the kids, in some cases. There is also the annoying habit of the kids then bringing the eggs or baby bird home with them, which tends to ultimately doom the bird in question. Baby birds will quite often leave the nest and walk around before they are fully able to fly. This is very normal, so it is unlikely if you ever see one on the ground that its location is unknown by the parent birds. In these cases, many types of birds find and identify their young by sound more than anything. If the bird is a nestling, which appears sparsely feathered and not capable of hopping around, it is probably best to locate the nest, which should be very close by, and put it back. Nestlings should be in the nest, not on the ground. If it's a fledgling, which can hop around and even possibly flit a little, this probably won't be the only time it falls from the nest or branch the nest is sitting on. You can put it back or not. It will be slightly safer for them in the nest, but many predators, such as cats, don't find climbing trees to be any problem to get to the baby birds. Also, the fledgling bird is likely to just hop right back out and back down where you found it, so there is little point. At this stage of their life, they are not far away from being able to fly and are commonly found on the ground. In these cases, the parents are likely well aware of where their young are and look after them the best they can in the interim. So, unless you know for a fact that the parent birds are dead, you can choose to either leave the bird there or put it back in the nest. Taking it home to take care of it is a bad idea as there are certain things they need to learn from their parents, such as behavior, vocalization, and survival skills, that you are poorly equipped to teach them. If you know for a fact that the parents are dead, you should contact your local wildlife rehabilitator who will be able to properly care for the birds. 
So once again, today's episode is sponsored by NatureBox, who have been providing me snacks for this entire week as I talk about them on the podcast. On Monday, I was eating my way through sweet potato fries. Yesterday, I had something called blueberry nom-noms, and I still have some of those left. And today, I've moved on to something new called lemon pucker pistachios. Now, I really enjoy nuts, so I knew I would really enjoy these pistachios. They are delicious, and what's really nice is... I kind of enjoy that natural flavor of pistachio, so the the lemon on these isn't really overwhelming like a lot of those other coated nuts you'll get. So a fantastic snack again. I'm really enjoying it. NatureBox again, thank you for sponsoring the show because I'm uh, enjoying the various snacks you keep sending me. So if you want to get in on this NatureBox action, you need to go to naturebox.com forward slash knowledge and on your first month's order, you will get a 50% discount off your order and they'll send you a box with a variety of snacks for you to try and then the next month on your subscription, you can choose to get some of the same or something different to basically just start sampling the over 100 different snacks that they have available through that service and they all come without any of the normal bad stuff that you'd expect to get in snacks like high fructose corn syrup, partially hydrogenated oils, trans fats, artificial sweeteners, flavors and colors. None of that is in NatureBox snacks. So naturebox.com forward slash knowledge, 50% off your first month. Go check it out. Thanks again to NatureBox for sponsoring the show. Why one bad apple spoils a bunch. This isn't just a popular metaphor, it's actually true. One bad apple will absolutely quickly spoil an entire box of apples. The obvious way this can happen is simply if one of the apples is infested with some fungi or critters that reproduce and spread throughout all the apples in a box, ruining them as they go. The less obvious but perhaps even more common way this can happen has to do with a hydrocarbon chemical known as ethylene. Ethylene is a hormone produced and released into the air by most plants, including from the fruit of certain plants such as apples, bananas, pears, etc. So what does this have to do with one bad apple? The bad apple is usually one that is wounded in some way or is otherwise overripe. As a consequence to the wound on the apple, or if it's just already very ripe, the apple in question will give off significantly more ethylene than normal. That ethylene accelerates the ripening process in the apples around it, which causes them to give off more ethylene, further accelerating the ripening process in all the apples in the box. In very short order, the entire box of apples will be overripe and eventually unpalatable for eating. Humans have already been using ethylene to control ripening processes since before we knew about the hormone. The first known instance of this was in ancient Egypt, where they would slash figs and place them in with other fruits and vegetables in order to accelerate the ripening process, with the wound stimulating the production of relatively large amounts of ethylene. Today, ethylene is popularly used by banana distributors to partially ripen the fruit before the final distribution to stores. Bananas are picked when they are quite green and hard. They are shipped this way to allow them to be in transit for longer periods, as well as reduce the chances of bruising during transport. Once they are at the local distribution warehouses, they are often exposed to ethylene gas in a closed chamber for 24 to 48 hours to drastically accelerate the ripening process, making them ready for store shelves. And now for today's bonus facts. Kildira mallards are among types of birds that are ready to leave the nest within a few minutes of hatching, including already being capable of getting food for themselves. Bonus fact 2. Although most birds can't smell very well, some types of birds do possess the ability to spray potential predators with a very smelly substance to help protect themselves. Among those birds that have this ability are fulmars, who spray a noxious substance out of a tube in their bill. They can spray this oily substance and hit a target up to around 12 feet away. 
Bonus fact 3. Ducks and hoopo will often poop on their own eggs with particularly smelly discharge to discourage predators from eating them. Particularly in the hoopo's case, you can smell their nests from quite a distance away. It is very similar to a skunk spray in terms of level of odor. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.